Hackers, the modern day criminal. My name is Jack and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast, Darknet Diaries. Hello and a warm welcome to the Mission Junior podcast. I'm your host Girish Shivakumar. It feels really good and uh, it's really exciting for me to bring to you yet another episode on the podcast platform. So the podcast as you know has a new episode released every other week. So thanks to all the loyal listeners who tune into the podcast every other week, download it and listen to it and also give me some feedback. Especially the last episode with Neil Matthews has received a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback. people are really happy to know that a person can be as passionate as neil and neil has in fact written to me and he's told that a lot of people have in fact contacted him so it feels really good that the medium is being utilized the message is getting across to a lot of people and uh, people are definitely taking action towards the mission chunya or rather moving towards a zero carbon economy so with that let's move to this week's episode so who's my guest where does he work and what does he do My name is Nikhil. I'm currently uh, looking at international expansion at a company called Mcopa. Mcopa Solar is based in East Africa and is a leading pay-as-you-go solar provider uh, with over 800,000 customers uh, spread across a couple of countries. And I've been spent I spend a lot of time doing work in energy access, looking at different uh, ideas around solar and distribution uh, in the Middle East, India and uh, most recently in Africa. Quick things first what is a pay as you go solar great so i think pay as you go uh, by the way the little sense is any product or service that you take to customers where they have to pay for what they consume uh, based on a, a usage basis which means you don't have to pay for more than what you consume and i think the best example of this is or the best parallel for this is the prepaid mobile phone world that we all are familiar with you recharge for x amount of rupees or x amount of dollars and you consume that and that is very much a pay as you go service and that now being adopted into energy and selling energy as a fee for service is uh, what is called so pay as you go so pay as you go solar as you might have heard has become ubiquitous so where did it all begin so as it said success has a lot of fathers and i'm sure there are more than one version of how pay as you go really took off but here's how i've seen it and here's how mcopa started at least in 2010 Uh, Nick Hughes and Jesse Mo came together and said uh, what are the products and services that you can take to people in in rural uh, East Africa and make it relevant uh, because they had just built Mpesa before uh, and Mpesa allows you to collect money from people remotely so just uh, for background Mpesa is uh, a leading mobile payment services in the world that about uh, 95% of adults use in Kenya so everybody has a mobile phone and they're all paying each other and they're all paying merchants of that so having laid that foundation of Mpesa they came together and said how do we take other products and services to individuals that are far away and and need them and they realized that energy was a huge part of the expenditure uh in a rural customers uh, sort of monthly expenditure so they would spend anything between 10 to 30% of their monthly income on energy uh, 
and when you're talking energy you're literally talking of uh, candles kerosenes and and not the you know clean fuel and this is bad for health and also just bad for the environment so they said is there a way for us to build a product or a service where people can pay for energy remotely and the way they designed the product was putting a meter onto the energy product that could turn on and turn off the device depending on how people pay so it's very much like how the prepaid cell phone market took off where you keep uh, recharging for the amount that you want to consume and uh, nick hughes believed that that meter was a very underutilized asset so they tried to combine their experience of mobile telecom background and said why don't we put a meter into the energy product and allow people to pay through digital money and make energy affordable almost on a pay as you go basis rather than needing to buy the product outright so this was one of the early sort of starts of this industry that's now called pay as you go solar and of course there were a few other companies as well trying to uh, toy with the idea of energy as a service or uh, energy on a pay as you go basis and most of it happened uh, here in east africa or the most successful ones happened uh, here in east africa and now it's a big industry with uh, many more players and much more evolved models but this is one of the origins of where pay as you go really uh, took off so talking 2010 2012 however i have a, a different version to, to this as well that uh, back in 95 dr harishande who's the founder of a company called selco tried to do pay as you go without having the kind of technology that was available what he did was get a person to go and rent out lights to people who wanted it on a daily basis and he would charge them uh, every day so show up at your house and say kirish do you want light and here pay me 10 rupees and i'll install this light for you today evening and so they had tried uh, this model around pay as you go but the tech did not exist the battery technology did not exist mobile telephone wasn't a thing so the idea was uh, i think sold somewhere in the late 90s uh, with harish and in selco but uh, i think it came together beautifully when technology digital payments and mobile phone sort of took off uh, in the late 2010s that's a really wonderful story nikhil i'm sure you rightly pointed out the story of harish shande and the way he started selco i'm sure internationally when people hear of pay as you go solar they don't relate it to what harishande did in 1995 so thanks for pointing it out that's a good perspective to have because people generally forget about what how we started and how we scaled up selco in india now talking of particularly in africa it's been over a decade or nearly a decade now so how has the sector grown in this period i'm sure you have seen the sector grow by a big factor so how do you summarize this growth in sub saharan africa for example I think uh, you know going back in uh, the early days of 2010 2012 when it was largely an idea uh, there were many macro factors that uh, didn't make it as favorable as it is today so first is understanding uh, you know pay as you go as a sector from investor point of view was was very uh, minimal which is every time you went to an investor and said i want to do pay as you go and collect money from people who uh, don't really have a bank accounts but they have a digital identity investors would really not be sure about this this uh, this entire model and want to bet on that now fast forward to you know 2018 and 19 people are able to raise debt and banks are wanting to give guarantees for uh, companies that are doing pay as you go because there's so much more reliability there's so much more credibility and so much more understanding of the sector uh, the other things are also things like uh, the cost of gsm module so when you know mcopa started off they said they want to put a gsm module in every battery that can communicate back and forth with the server and and the customer's battery to really help us understand how they're using the product but also 
enable digital payments uh, through the GSM module. GSM was quite expensive then. You're talking, you know, 10, 10 to $15 a module. And uh, it seemed pretty crazy to put a GSM module into uh, a product then. But we, uh, as a company, bet that the product, uh, uh, sorry, the price of the GSM module will go down. Technology will get better. Data will get cheaper. Telephone will reach everywhere. So these are the kind of bets that, you know, the business had to make. And now I think uh, we're seeing the fruits of some of the hard work, not just by MCOPA, but, you know, many other pioneers who had to really lay the groundwork around distribution models, uh, technology availability, kind of platforms that you build and working closely with telecom companies to tell them that, hey, this is a great way for you to partner with uh, solar companies to further energy access, but also help customers use more mobile phones. So I think the sector has grown a lot. The last 10 years, it has a lot of maturity. Investors are uh, much more. And even the impact is quite significant. You know, uh, the report by Google says that between 2010 and 2019, there are about 33 million people that have got access to uh, energy through uh, solar products. And uh, of course, they do include Pico Solar and uh, lanterns as well but uh, that's that's a that's quite a serious number of people who have been able to get access to energy through through solar products so i think the sector has really come a long way and uh, it's actually proving that it is something that has to be taken seriously i think it was largely an experiment in the early days whereas now uh, it is an industry there is a governing body there are investors there uh, uh, there are funds raised exclusively to put money into solar pay as you go so i think uh, it's it's very very exciting to see this having grown that perfectly leads me to my next question, Nikhil. You mentioned about the GSM module, how the cost of data has dropped in the last decade. And uh, in fact, even the cost of solar has dropped in the last decade. So it perfectly leads me to ask you, uh, what does a typical product have? Uh, what is, if you have to say something like, this is a pay-as-you-go solar product offering in its standard form, what does it include? Sure. So I'll tell you what specifically MCOPA does and then uh, sort of give you a sense of what other companies do. Pay-as-you-go solar largely started off as a lighting product. So it was home lighting systems where you take two lights and a mobile charger in a box and hand it to customers. So that would cost roughly $200 where a customer pays $30 up front and the remaining $170 they would pay in increments of uh, 50 cents a day. So most companies, or especially MCOPA, when we started off and we did our first 5,000 pilot, it was very much a home lighting pay-as-you-go uh, product uh, for individual households. But uh, many things have happened uh, along the way, which is cost of solar panels have come down, cost of batteries have come down, the density that you can pack into a battery has increased significantly. So what we can offer customers now is much more light, uh, much more power into pretty much the same plastic that we used to give them, uh, in the, into the same uh, plastic battery casing that we used to give them many years ago. So we started off with two lights. Today we offer four lights um, and we also offer a television. So many companies have now evolved into uh, the next version of products, which is bigger batteries, powerful lights, and also television. So. Televisions, again, uh, in 2014-15 was impossible to find and impossible to power because it just needed so much of energy and the panel and the battery just didn't have that capacity. Whereas you find uh, screen prices or, you know, thanks to the whole tablet revolution, the screen prices have come down significantly and TVs are much cheaper, much more efficient and you can get a 32-inch TV, you know, taking less than 20 watts of power, which is fantastic. 
and now powering that with a battery that is much more dense and has much more juice in it compared to what it existed five years ago so the the product offering has changed from being purely lighting and something very basic to something that uh, is giving them much more than lighting which is a, a fan a, a tv uh, a fridge and many other products like that and i think this will only keep getting better as battery technology uh, continues to improve in fact a funny story when we were selling 20 inch televisions uh, and we went back to place a repeat order of 20 inch televisions the supplier told us that 20 inch televisions are actually going to cost you more than a 24 inch television which sounded bizarre to us because uh, why would you know a smaller product cost more expensive it's just that the volumes for the 24 inch were so much better that it made sense for the supplier to give you 24-inch TVs at such an attractive price, which is fantastic for the customer and fantastic for the industry. So we have really benefited from a lot of the macro trends that exist around uh, products and technology improvements, and all of that is getting passed on to customers to uh, have much, much more through the same solar system. Hackers, the modern-day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast, Darknet Diaries. Take a moment to recognize the massive technological developments in the space. As Nikhil highlights, the solar panels have become more efficient and produce more energy per square meter of surface area. The growth of solar globally has brought the cost significantly in the last decade. A similar pattern is being observed in the battery technology as well. Advanced lithium-ion batteries are getting better while at the same time the growth in scale is bringing their cost down globally. Another key aspect is efficiency of appliances like TV and light. Modern-day gadgets consume less energy, thereby making the overall product offering a value for money. But for a solution like pay-as-you-go solar, one key aspect that is even more important is financing, and especially how it is managed on a day-to-day -day basis, like in terms of cash disbursement and payment collection. So how has mobile telephony and emergence of digital payments helped scale up the business? It's been absolutely critical, and I think uh, it's not just for a sector like pay-as-you-go or energy, but I think uh, mobile phones is one of the biggest uh, success stories uh, that you know in in modern history in emerging markets especially uh, because some of the products and services would just not reach people if it wasn't for uh, the telephone so you're seeing a lot of innovation in in health tech in agri tech in education at the back of uh, mobile phones and and energy is no exception to that we have benefited hugely from people uh, being able to talk to us pay us remotely and devices that can communicate with us that uh, are in places that uh, we can just see on the map. Uh, and I think that's been very critical for, for uh, us in the business. Now, what MCOPA does and many other mobile, uh, sorry, many other energy access companies do is give them the product and collect money over a period of time. And the best form of collection that we have found in, in places like uh, East Africa is, is digital payments. Now, just think of this in the Western context. You know, if there was Amazon or eBay, and there was no credit card or no debit card for them to collect money remotely. It would have been a really hard business to take products and services to people where you actually have to bet on them paying cash and you physically have to meet them to pay cash. So a big enabler for online platforms to have taken, uh, taken off in the West is uh, the underlying uh, payments infrastructure. 
and that payment infrastructure looks very different in uh, places like sub-saharan africa which is largely your mobile your mobile is uh, your your credit card or your debit card and people are able to pay through that so we have uh, built the business at the back of you know uh, mobile phones uh, and believing that mobile phones will continue to be in every pocket and each of them will have access to digital payments as well so we struggle to go into countries that do not have mobile payments or do not have uh, digital infrastructure like uh, especially countries like nigeria where they are trying to get digital payments off the ground but it's just not taking off so even if i sell you a pay as you go product and i don't know how to collect money from you business will really struggle so uh, it's been critical it continues to be critical and i think that that relationship will be very tight even going for, forward you mentioned about the challenges that you face when you go to a country where there is no access to like digital payments are there any other challenges that you generally foresee when you have to scale up the business across countries in other parts of africa oh absolutely i think uh, challenge is the second word for this industry i believe you know there are so many uh, things that we're doing that are new and bold and that have never been done before so it does come with a large set of challenges now i mean before i uh, sort of address the question specifically on international markets and uh, expansion uh, i want to talk a little bit about what some of these space you companies are doing now a company like mcopa we to the customer seem like hey we're just selling a solar product but if you sort of distill what we really do there is a hardware vertical that exists in our business which means we produce all the products we manufacture them we design them then there's a software part of the company which is making sure that the sim card is talking to the 800000 batteries we are receiving the millions of mobile money payments uh, data is communicating getting through all the devices uh, right from the warehouse till you know customer using our product 7 years later all of that flows seamlessly on the platform then we have a huge distribution arm which is number of agents number of shops after sale service etc and then we have a bank as well which is looking at the credit aspect of financing customers so for one business to have these four very uh, big verticals which is hardware software distribution and finance is not very usual for any typical business so if you think of fmcg they do distribution they don't they do a little bit of product but they definitely don't do financing think of microfinance they do financing they do distribution they don't do hardware or software so to combine all these four aspects into one business makes the business inherently quite complicated and quite uh, difficult to scale easily which means you have to get into a country you have to find people who can understand software you have to find distribution people you have to find credit people so i think there is a, a a lot of challenges that come with uh, wanting to run a integrated business like this now uh, specifically looking at you know countries that uh, one wants to i mean companies want to expand to outside uh, the countries that they work in i think the challenges are uh, some of them are macro and some of them are even uh, you know uh, internal to the, the the industry as well so talking about the macro challenges it is things like mobile money availability government policy regulation ability to import products easily vat on the products so all of them have to be considered before you know you make an entry into any other countries then you get into things like okay market are people able to pay uh, is it an attractive market for the price points that make sense for the business then you also go to a more internal question saying what is the appetite of the business to go to another country or bet that another country is going to uh, grow and get you to profitability now bear in mind that you know there aren't many companies or i think almost none of the companies in the pay as you go space are profitable purely on their pay as you go model yet so it's very much a venture funded vc funded 
industry that is looking for profitability you know in the coming years and i think companies like us also are showing that there's a path to uh, get to profitability and there is uh, some very positive signs but uh, as an industry uh, profits have still eluded uh, everybody and if that's the case you you know have to really prioritize whether going into five more countries makes sense or you know uh, building your base in the country that you are uh, you know uh, so i think these are all very important questions that don't have uh, the right answers and i think business are continue to uh, figure out what is uh, the most relevant strategy for each of them but i think uh, expansion has not been as easy as we would have liked and uh, and i think this is something that a couple of companies have talked about publicly as well they would have wished to be in 10 countries wished to be in 25 countries but it's been much harder uh, in reality to make that happen between internal and uh, external factors well, those are really interesting points and pretty valid as well before i get into more on the business model thing there is one question that keeps uh, probing me from time to time like in india for example uh, the grid reliability for, was a challenge for a long long time and in the last decade when the electrification pace was picking up we didn't see much of pay as you go take off the harishan day story was a success story but it didn't take off in a big way any thoughts on why do you why you think it didn't take off the way it has in africa for example uh not any thoughts lots of thoughts on this because i've <laughs> always wanted to you know i i'm indian i've grown up in india and i have seen uh, this problem of electrification first hand through my time at selco so i really did want to take pay as you go uh, to india and i spent a lot of time in 2016 going back and forth running pilots uh, understanding the market and really scoping out you know uh, what are the opportunities and challenges of going uh, or bringing pay as you go to india and i think uh, i i would summarize it as three one the electricity was catching up in in unprecedented ways you know uh, it was great to see the the team that was running the electrification program and they were committed to putting a line in every single village now it's uh, the the project has come a long way and you know statistics show that something like 250 million people out of 300 million people have got electricity in the last uh, you know 8 8 9 years which is phenomenal i mean as a, as an indian i'm very proud that it has happened uh so electrification catching up is one and therefore the alternate models become you know less relevant second is there was uh, no mobile payments uh, especially in the consumer segment that we were looking to sell to just receiving money from them was a cash economy and and building a business with uh, needing to collect money physically on cash is going to be very hard and it's not a thing that most basic companies would like to uh, go through and the third uh, is the cost of alternatives so kerosene has been subsidized in india for a very long time and it has been an issue that the government has uh, you know there are many schools of thoughts on you know, how it needs to be addressed but the point is kerosene is subsidized uh, in india and if it is subsidized it means the cost that the customer pays for energy is significantly lower than the true market cost now if i have to build a product or service that is uh, at the price point that the customer is currently paying we were just not able to see viability whereas here in east africa uh, kerosene is in subsidized so you pay the full price so for us to build a business that offsets that full price of kerosene was quite attractive whereas in india we weren't able to really uh, see that so uh, electrification catching up lack of mobile payments and kerosene being subsidized these were three reasons why we weren't able to uh, you know take mcopa to india and this is i think uh, a lot of the reason why many companies have not been able to uh, no bet big on india or see any successes there uh, there are literally i mean just a couple of examples and uh, none of them you would could call a roaring success as such in india at this point i would like to reiterate nikhil's point of view that pay as you go solar 
couldn't survive post 2015-16 because of the rapid progress in electrification across India, which meant pay-as-you-go solar was losing its shine in India. However, if technology solutions like mobile payments, which is pretty big in India at this point in time, was available a lot earlier, India could have embraced pay-as-you-go solar very early on. It was just a matter of time and coincidence. Again, companies like Selco even used the early mobile phone technologies to offer prepaid solar as a service. So moving on to my next question on how MCOPA and pay-as-you-go solar as business survives with increasing electrification rates in Africa, this is what he had to say. Absolutely. I think we, you know, this is a thing that we, we, we see and uh, we are asked about. And if you think about it, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, the electrification rate uh, in some countries in Africa have outpaced the population growth, and which means that electrification is catching up in reasonably good ways. Now, here's how we see it uh, as a business, uh, that there are two, two aspects to it. Uh, one uh, way is at some point when grid electricity reaches your house and you're a customer in, let's say, rural uh, Kenya, you're going to say, hey, I've been buying MCOPAS products uh, for the past five years. I have a light, I have a mobile charger, a phone, a torch, a television, a fridge, uh, I don't know, a fan. I have pretty much everything that I need. And MCOPA is not just financing the energy, they're financing the asset as well. So even if you give me electricity, you're not going to give me a TV. So we see that customers may want to stick with a company like us and say they don't see a need for the grid for at least the domestic applications. So fast forward, I don't know, five years later and the grid reaches a customer in Kenya and they say, do you want the grid? They should say, I don't think so because all my needs are met by MCOPA at a convenient payment and it just uh, is flexible, easier for me and uh, they give me the asset and grid uh, after sales service. So I think there's an opportunity to imagine a world where uh, the grid catching up uh, may not fundamentally threaten what we are looking to do. Uh, so this is one aspect. I think the other way to think about it is uh, how do PSU companies evolve into working closely with the grid and not saying that this is not a grid compatible system. So which is basically building products that are grid compatible or grid ready. And I could take some charging from the grid, some charging from solar. I think these are all uh, new business models that will emerge in the next couple of years as the grid start to catch up, uh, you know, more than it has been in the past. Uh, we are already seeing some signs. Uh, I think there are a couple of companies uh, wanting to test grid interactive systems, and it could be quite an exciting opportunity to work out uh, the interplay between grid and solar in a pay-as-you-go system. And actually, this is something that we have seen to some extent in India. So although it hasn't been solar pay ecosystem, the inverter market has been massive. So the inverter market is basically taking an inverter, a battery, and saying there are five hours in the day where you don't have a grid. We will plug that gap through this. Can solar and grid do something like that in the future uh, in sub-Saharan Africa? I think yes. And I think th- that's the sort of future that we would see uh, in the next couple of years as, as pay companies evolve even further. That's a valid point that you put across because in recent times, even many parts of the developed world have said like, let's go off grid because it provides a reliable power and uh, amidst the, say, the hurricanes that have hit many places, people just prefer to stay off grid. I'm sure it's very interesting to know people in Africa would probably embrace off grid as the only source of electricity. Uh, Coming to a final point, Nikhil, where do you see pay as you go solar as an industry in the next few years? What is the future? 
So I think, you know, what we have seen now has been an explosion of number of companies. There are many different ideas. There are many, uh, you know, startups trying to make a dent in the problem around pay-as-you-go. But last uh, one, two years, and uh, I think uh, even Jesse has written about this, around seeing uh, consolidation, seeing a few more, you know, serious players that are here for the long haul and trying to uh, build this into a profitable enterprise and build this into a profitable sector. So. One is we will definitely see profitability and uh, that will be exciting for investors and for companies. Second is we will start seeing much more work on asset financing because even if energy uh, is becoming easier to uh, provide, it will be a question around, the question will largely loom around what are the other products and services that you can offer customers. So uh, whether it is taking a, a hardware product that you want to finance them or taking them products and services like cash loans and education loans. Or could it be integrating with uh, companies like Jumia that provide online platform and you can. So I think there's a lot of innovation uh, uh, possible in the space of taking access, uh, sorry, taking products and services to to individuals in the next uh, couple of years that will go beyond just primarily uh, solar uh, as such. So I think we're all very excited to see uh, where the the future uh, is with with pay-as-you-go, but it will definitely be beyond just uh, lighting or just television. Nikhil, uh, it was really a pleasure. For a long time, I was really keen to understand how the entire model of pay-as-you-go solar operates in Africa. I mean, I've just read cases, case studies of how MCOPA has really transformed the way Africa is receiving power. So it was a good experience and good to know from a first-person perspective of how this industry has evolved. So thanks again for taking time and sharing your views on the podcast. Absolutely. Such a pleasure and a really great initiative with Mission Junior. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, enjoy listening to your podcast as well. So with that, it brings to end yet another episode on the Mission Junior podcast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please let your friends and colleagues know about it. You can spread the word on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp. You can share the episodes to a friend or a colleague. And if they liked, even they might consider subscribing to the podcast as you do. The podcast is available on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Ghana, Geo7 and many more. And if at the end of the episode you actually considering putting a solar on your roof, then you might as well check the earlier episode on step-by-step process to get a solar rooftop system done. With that, it's a wrap on this episode. Signing off, this is Mission Junior, towards a zero-carbon economy. Hackers, the modern-day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast, Darknet Diaries.